Welcome to Next Generation Saints. I'm your host, Nick Coons. So, obviously, if you've been listening to news, and I've kind of been getting off of it for a while because of all the negativity, all of the craziness, the insanity, you know, just the death of George Floyd, the um, protests, the rioting, COVID-19, the economy. I mean, it's just enough to cause your head to completely spin. And I'm not really going to focus heavily on this. I will, this podcast, I'm going to, I'm lightly touching on it because I wanted to go to more of a strict point. A lot of people online have been talking about destroying racism, destroying this enemy that we all have, Sid. They've been talking about how do we get rid of it, and I've always said it's about Jesus. And it is. He's the only way to answer the question. But I want to focus really... On something that came to my mind when I was praying. I felt the Lord had just guided me there. I remember a while back I watched a movie called War Room from Pure Flix. It's a lady who was helping. This other lady. An old, you know, an older woman is helping a younger woman with her marriage. And she, her husband was in the military and he was a strategist. And his whole job was to know what the enemy was doing and come up with a counterattack to stop them. And I was thinking about that, and I think the Lord put on my mind, on my heart. And when I really thought about it, I was like, why is he doing it? Well, the truth be told is, I think the real enemy behind all of this, behind the racism, behind everything, is the devil. My wife was talking to me the other day, and she made a really, really darn good point. She said, the biggest lie we ever hear from Satan, and the one that he's convinced us the most, is that he's not real. If you have an enemy, and they wanted to utterly destroy you and divide you, the first thing they want to do is ensure that you're not going to attack them back. They're going to convince you they're not there. It's interesting, because the Bible teaches this. It says in the book of John, chapter 10, verse 10 through 16, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when, it come, when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he's a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me, I know the Father, and I lay down my life for my sheep. I have other sheep that are not of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and and there shall be one flock and one shepherd." Jesus is the good shepherd. But here's the thing. The thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy. Satan has come into our situation in this area of racism. If I was the enemy of, if I was Satan, I would want to steal your joy, steal your hope, steal any chance you have of believing in yourself. I would want to kill 
any possibility of moving you forward. I want to kill your joy. I want you to kill your hope. And I want to destroy your future. And destroy the very country you're in. If I was Satan, I would want to make sure that you didn't know that I was there. I would want to make sure that you were completely oblivious to me. I want to make sure that I could divide you and conquer you. Because if you were divided against, if you were divided one against God, but more more or less, divide against each other. And I can cause enmity and anger and hatred towards each other. If I could cause all that, I would be winning the battle. I lost the war at the cross, but I would have been winning the battles. Having one person hate the other person and driving him up a wall, causing him to kill and destroy each other. That's exactly what I want. I want to take the love and compassion that God has handed out. And I would want to twist people to hate their neighbors. Isn't it interesting? That's what we read about. In fact, you read in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8 through 9. Be alert. And sober of and of sober mind, your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Resist him and stand firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of suffering. We need to be sober minded. Recognize what Satan is doing and attacking. We may say racism, we may say evil, we all do this, but yes, but who is the who is the father of lies? Who is the one that deceives mankind? Who leads us down these destructions? The human heart is deceitfully wicked, that is true, but guess who is the father of the one who leads us to sin? Satan. The one God wants us to be united, to love one another. Yet look at us. We're fighting each other. We put our faith into politicians, into uh, government-based systems. But they're not the shepherd. They're, di- they're, not, they're just a hired hand. They'll leave office as soon as they either die in it or they get voted out. They don't care about the sheep. There's only one who does. Ever notice the politicians and Black Lives Matter and all sorts of groups scatter when the real threat comes in? We need to stand as brothers and sisters in Christ. We need to stand together against this, against the enemy. Here's the biggest one I found. Ephesians chapter 6 through 12, uh, verses 12 through 18. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything to stand. Stand firm then with a belt of truth um, buckled around your waist, with a breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet um fitted with the readiness that comes with the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith in which you can extinguish ex- extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in, this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying all the Lord's people. 
for all the Lord's people. We're told to be alert, to be sober-minded, to know what's going on. We need to open our eyes and realize we are not battling against flesh and blood here. We are not to hate each other, love each other. We do have a problem in our society. We have a problem around the world. The whole world's infected but with sin, hatred, racism, all sorts. The world's covered in it. There's nothing new under the sun about sin. There's nothing new under the sun about racism. There's nothing new about it. We've hated our neighbor. The problem is we need to stop treating it this way. Here's the thing. This is how we should treat evil. If you look over at Romans chapter 12, verse 17 through 19, do not repay any, anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Do not take revenge, my dear friends, but leave room for God's wrath. For it is written, it is mine to avenge. I will repay, says the Lord. The big part about this is we see rioting, we see attacking, we see punching in the face, we see violence and anger and aggression. Do not repay evil with evil. We need to do what is right and love our neighbors. Be kind to each other. Compassionate. The devil is here. Satan is walking amongst, turning us against each other. We need to fight against that. He's going to use authority of people in authority and powers and principalities to turn us against each other. We need to resist that 110%. If you really wanted to do something that's horrific to somebody else, if you want to do something that's pretty much vengeful, but I would say it's, it's a different type of vengefulness where it transforms the person and brings them to Jesus which is what I so in my heart desire for people to come to. Look over at Proverbs chapter 25, verse, uh, verse 21 through 22. If your enemy is hungry, give him food to eat. If he is thirsty, give him water to drink. In doing this, you will keep burning coals on his head and the Lord will reward you. Do not repay evil with evil. I can't see that enough. Not just for writing, but in our everyday use. So many people now are too scared and saying, Oh my gosh, I'm not racist, I'm not racist, I'm not racist, I'm a racist, I, 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 I don't see color. And, whatnot. and they seem so desperate. They seriously seem desperate to prove that they're not racist. You don't need to prove it. You don't. Love God with all of your heart, mind, body, soul, and strength. Love your neighbors yourself. You know, it's interesting. We so demand to have equality. We so demand to have justice. Yet the last thing anyone's doing is looking for equality and justice. <sighs> equality would be everyone's treated equally. But obviously with this whole movement of Black Lives Matter and many other politicians, the movement is not so much about being equal, but domination. It's interesting, I was thinking about this. Lots of people, especially blacks and whatnot in the, um, Black Lives Matter, want to point out how oppression is happening. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you that there isn't some sort of oppression. I've been oppressed. I'm a white guy. I've been oppressed before. 
I've had racism dealt to me more than once. I've been mistreated because of the color of my skin. But I will say this. When so about oppression, I will look at this. If you think that you're a victim, I want you to do this. This is what I did. You ever heard of the phrase clowning of blessings? Do you have a roof over your head? I've been to friends' houses who said that they are so oppressed, yet I go over there and they live in a wonderful house. They have a car that drives, gas in their tank, food in their fridge, electricity is on. They have clothes on their back with clothes that are clean to wear. Their water is running and it's clean, clear, and perfect to drink. They have beer, they have soda, they have healthy, nutritious food that is ripe and good to go. They have tasty food uh, that's not necessarily healthy for you, like chips. They have television they can watch Netflix on. They can watch even Disney+. Plus. They have YouTube. They have a working toilet. I look at them and go, I think the problem here is you've been taught that you're oppressed. What you need to do is look at your blessings. Count them. And then realize the devil is working through people to try to convince you that you need to stop counting God's blessings that have been bestowed to you. Life is hard for many people. I've been in that position many times. And I'm not saying there aren't people who suffer deeply. But what I am pointing out is before you start saying that you're horribly oppressed, I say, I've been in there. But the one thing that I had to do was I had to take a good hard look at my life and stop feeling like I was oppressed and start looking at the blessings that have been bestowed. You have a job, hopefully. Money coming in. You're taken care of. Once you start counting your blessings, you realize how much you actually have. It's... I like to do that because I'm thankful to God for what he has provided. Again, that doesn't mean that you there aren't negative situations in your life. That doesn't mean that there aren't bad things happening in your life. But the bit on the first steps of solving a problem, it's, it's kind of like this. I remember talking about this whole racist situation when it first started. And the first thing I thought was, it's not the situation... The problem here is not the problem. It's our attitude towards the problem. We can approach it and say how we are so victimized and terribly beaten. And there are people who are truly are victimized, but there are others who have just been taught and told they're victimized. You're not. If you're one of those people who have been told you're victimized, look at your situation. Look at your life, like I said. Look at the blessings you have in your life and go, am I really a victim? Or am I being manipulated by the devil? I say this because as I've talked to Stuart Connectly on this, I agree with him. That here in our Western society, we like to act like the devil's this abstract spirituality thing that doesn't really exist. And then if you look over Eastern culture, he's, full, he's as real as flesh and blood. I read in the Bible, Jesus doesn't teach doesn't teach that he is an abstract character somewhere that doesn't really exist. He treats him as though he is a full flesh and blood, that he is a real dead, like a real thing. Therefore, I treat him that way. The devil has come. He manipulates people. 
politicians, celebrities, regular folk. We need to be vigilant. Read your gospel. Read Jesus about Jesus Christ. Read through your Bible. Count your blessings. Be in prayer. The devil is shooting flaming arrows at you. You need to be prepared for this. Take time away from social media and the news and crack open your Bible and read. Pray for wisdom. I ask in this channel you please pray for my wisdom for me as well. That I may be able to give some information for you guys. Some wisdom to bestow to you. It's interesting. We always listen to pastors and I listen to pastors who say pray for me too. And I know how I, they feel. You want to bestow something. So pray for them. So folks, this is my final thoughts. The devil is here. He's always been here. He's trying to turn us against each other. He's trying to kill, steal, and destroy. Love one another as Christ has loved you. Be kind to each other. Resist the devil and he will flee. But recognize the devil is the one behind all of this. So I encourage you to read about him. Then on top of that, remember the hope that we find in Jesus Christ. That he lives. That he lived, taught, died for you. And rose again from the dead to forgive you of your sins. That he loves you and he has a plan for you. All you have to do is put your faith and repent. Recognize what you're doing and turn away from it. Put your faith and trust into him. And let him take the wheel. God loves you. He will always love you. No matter what. So in these difficult times, take heart. The hope in Jesus Christ. The power in Jesus Christ. And the salvation in Jesus Christ. Until next time we meet again. May God richly bless you all. My dearly beloved.